0: The Sixers snapped their five-game losing streak. Jeremy Grant's on the Sixers' list of trade targets? And how are we feeling about a James Harden sign-and-trade? I've got Kyle Newbeck, a Philly voice, here to help me break it all down. That's right now on Locked on Sixers. You are Locked on 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sixers. I am your host, Serena Winters, former Sixers sideline reporter, serving up content to Sixers fans because that is what I love to do. Don't forget to follow, like, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Serena Winters. Tell me about the show. We truly appreciate you for making Locked On Sixers your first listen every day We are free and available on all platforms. Plus, we've got great sponsors. This episode of Locked On 76ers is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. The Sixers have snapped their five-game losing streak. Man, it feels good to say that, doesn't it? I just realized that I actually have not said that since I started hosting this podcast. And that was a little over a week ago. Man, it's been a rough week out here. So thanks for everybody that's been listening, despite the Sixers just now getting their first win since I started hosting. Appreciate you. Look, bottom line, the Sixers needed to remember what it was like to win again. And not only did they do that, but they did it convincingly. And that was still without Joel Embiid and Matisse and Danny Green. And there was so much to love from this game. First of all, everybody contributed. But let me start with one of my favorite nuggets. Yes, all puns intended from this game. After Nikola Jokic scored 27 points in the first half against the Sixers on an absolutely ridiculous 10-of-12 clip, by the way, the Sixers held him to without a field goal in the third quarter. And he played all 12 minutes, did not have a field goal. The Sixers ended up outscoring the Nuggets by 12 in the third quarter. And look, to me... Watching this game, just the will to play defense was so much better. And that's all you can ask for. Denver came into that game eighth in the league in fast break points per game. And the Sixers were able to limit them to just eight points off the break. So we talked about it yesterday as being a key to that game. So good to see the Sixers so much better in transition. Tyrese Maxey, man. Y'all better not be sick of talking about him yet because we are just getting started. He led the Sixers again tonight. 22 points, five rebounds, four four assists, a block, a steal. I mean, he's the Sixers' leading scorer over the last six games. We're going to talk a lot more about him with Kyle Newbeck in just a few moments. And Seth Curry, really good to see him find a rhythm. He finished with 20 points, 8 of 17. I said it yesterday. He was going to have to knock down shots for the Sixers to pull out some wins here. He delivered. Shake Milton looked good. He came off the bench. Speaking of that, coming off the bench, George Niang got the start against Denver. Knocked down three threes, finished with 11 points. He did have a couple of turnovers that I'm sure he'd like to have back, but overall, solid. Look, the Sixers overall shooting. They finished 50.6% from the field, 37.9% from the de- from deep. Sure helps, sure helps when you're making some shots out there. Charles Bassy, see bass baby, see bass. How are we feeling about that nickname? Cause I'm loving it. How much fun was he to watch? I just loved the energy, especially defensively, he brought to that game. It was something the Sixers really lacked the past couple. He brought it. He's a rookie, a rookie. And he held his own against Jokic. I mean, there were some mistakes, sure, but he showed you that he had the potential. I mean, he even got a block on Jokic. So much fun to watch, really was. Doc Rivers on Bassey after the game said, you rarely see a rookie five calling out coverages, calling switch. He's been coached well. He also said that the assistant coaches have been in his ear telling him that Bassey is ready. So look, there was a lot of good to go around from that game. Overall, a really fun game to watch. I'm sure it's fun to be a part of when everyone is contributing. Everyone is putting it all out there. And those are the types of performances You want to see. All right, we've got to get to our great guest because we have so much to ask him and Kyle Newbeck of the Philly voice. He's been covering this team for years, for longer than I have, and he knows it inside and out. So we've got to get into the most recent Ben Simmons trade rumors involving Jeremy Grant, the Pistons. We'll talk James Harden. We'll play a game of would you rather Ben Simmons? trade machine edition style but first let me tell you about prize picks all right nba fanatics have you heard about prize picks prize picks is daily fantasy made easy i love this i know you will too prize picks has the best nba dfs prop game on the market prize picks offers more nba props than any other dfs prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of your users that deposit and use your promo code will also receive a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100. Just be sure to use promo code NBA. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Joining me now is Kyle Newbeck of The Philly Voice, a great publication. I'm always reading it. I'm sure if you're a Sixers fan, you are already reading it because Kyle does such a great job. But Kyle, before we get to all the Ben Simmons trade talk, just thanks for being here. It's great to have you on.
1: Yeah, it's been a while since we've been able to sit down and chat. You know, we used to be in scrums elbow to elbow all the time. And now uh, those days are are long behind us, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> we used to literally be covered by people in giant scrums. And I don't know now when that's ever coming back.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's a totally new era. Uh, and if they had their way, the players would never be in a scrum again. <laughs> so, you know, we got to make sure that we... Uh, keep fighting for whatever access we have
0: that is true all right well Kyle before we talk about Ben I want to talk a little bit about the game last night because the Sixers thank goodness snap a five game losing streak beating Jokic and the Nuggets last night and look to me the Sixers just badly needed to remember how to win but what was your biggest takeaway from that game
1: Biggest takeaway is that I didn't realize that Charles Bassey could be a contributor right? this soon, you know, right? Like, so he got minutes uh, the game prior in Utah, and it felt more like Doc was upset with Andre Drummond and, you know, they're, they're throwing stuff at the wall in a bad game and hope something works. But as we found out last night after the game, I believe Doc said that, you know, his assistants that have been working with Charles have said, look, he's ready. He's ready. You got to give him a shot. He came in and, you know, not only did he play well against Denver's bench guys, he defended Nikola Jokic blocked better it. than anybody in that game, blocked his shot on a on a post up, which is really hard to do. Like the release point is so high for Jokic that even getting to a shot is insanely difficult. So, you know, he really impressed me on, on both ends. I know he's just one guy, but, you know, you get that sort of energetic performance from an end of bench guy off of the bench. And then everything else sort of comes together, like the starter and more fired up. I think the ball moved really well last night. I think Tyrese Maxey, who I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, at some point is like he's in a groove right now. That the leap he has taken is just insane. And then they just, you know, guys made shots. Like Shake Milton made shots. Seth Curry got back to his normal ways last night. So it was a combination of a lot of things. It was a total team effort.
0: Look, it helps me make shots, no doubt. That's, that's that's the name of the sure. game. Name of the game. And because you mentioned Drummond Drummond, we were just talking about making shots. Sometimes it's rough to watch to watch him at the rim. Um, it, he misses a lot of shots at the rim. And Kyle, I read a lot of your stuff. I have to say you're a bit hard on Drummond. What's what's yeah. the beef with Andre Drummond?
1: <laughs> I don't have actual beef with Andre. I just you know, I'm surprised that a guy who's got I would say he's got pretty soft hands who's a big athletic and theoretically should be a great finisher on, you know, pick and rolls on lob plays, things like that. He just flubs a lot of layups and <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know if uh, I actually said in the article I wrote last night that if they did the, the Mike and drill that they used to do for all big men. Going all the way should,
0: back to the George Mike and days. I like but it.
1: Listen, they should have him doing the drills that he used to do like under the basket. <laughs> layup on one hand layup on the other hand that's he should be in the gym like most guys are saying uh, Ben needs to work on his free throws just have Andre shoot a bunch of layups, or even better just dunk the ball more like I, he's big enough it's not like there's a uh, not like he's like my height and he's trying to jump from a standstill under the rim I think he could handle some uh, just some more dunks
0: well let's get into Maxi because he's really to me been the bright spot of this team to start this year. I mean, sometimes I forget watching him, although he does look young, that he is 21 years old because of the ability that he has to impact the game. We are all seeing it out there. We know what his strengths are. We know how really just fearless he is to get to the rim. But what do you see then, Kyle? Because I know you can watch the game in a different way as his biggest area that he can grow to get even better.
1: So as a playmaker, he's still got steps that he has to take. Like right now, I think his best quality as a passer is he just, he takes care of the ball. But I think honestly, at some point, they're going to need him to take more risks and make passes over the top to the weak side corner to you know create an open three for somebody the way Ben Simmons maybe used to do for the Sixers. So the, these passes that, you know, Joel Embiid is making more this season, but they need their perimeter oriented players to do that. And beyond that, I I think it's stuff that you're already sort of seeing like the pull-up shooting from three has been there in a way that it just, he didn't even attempt some of the shots that he's making this year and dating back to this year's summer league. I think you saw the early stages of that. Like the team has said, Tyrese, you're a, you're a hard worker. Even Danny Green has said, Danny says, Tyrese, you're in the gym more than anybody. You're getting up more shots than anybody. If the ball comes to you and you're open, let it go put the shot up like we have confidence in you we don't want these record scratch moments where you're psyching yourself out and you're thinking no oh, maybe I shouldn't do this like he is starting to make that leap as a shooter which i think even if the you know he's not going to shoot 50% from 3 all season the way he has over the last you know couple of weeks or so but if he can be an average to above average shooter and he's a confident shooter at that it's going to open up you know the speed that he already has that becomes even more dangerous when teams have to close out the three on him.
0: He's, he's been fun, man. He's been fun because of him. We've had a lot of, uh, is he untouchable trade talks <laughs> on the pod and fans fans love him. And from what I can tell, do not want him to be included in any type of trade, but you never know the Sixers may have to, if they are trying to get a pack a good package for Ben Simmons, we'll have to see. All right. Before we get to the news of the day, I want to ask you about something that happened a couple of days ago on the national broadcast. This was the dreaded game when the Sixers played Utah. We will not relive any of what actually happened in that game because I have talked enough about it. But one of the things that I found interesting that came out of that game was TNT's reporter, um, Kristen Ledlow. She said that she had talked to people within the organization that had two entirely different viewpoints on Ben Simmons. One being that the team should welcome Ben Simmons back and that he makes them better. Another telling her that we've got to cut the cord and move on. I just want to know, what did you make of that?
1: So, you know, I I think it's tough to, without knowing who Kristen is talking to, and obviously respect her reporting process and all that. Um, My... My read throughout this process, including lately, has been that most of the or I would say all of the important power players, we'll say, are in lockstep on this and that they have allowed Daryl Morey and the the front office to sort of approach this the same way, which is to say, you know, what he said publicly. Well, I'll take this four years. Like, We're going to wait until we can get an impact player from Ben. And that includes, you know, ownership has empowered him to do that. I think Joel Embiid importantly has empowered him to do that. Where Joel has not been like, "Look, I'm in my prime. I needed. I need help right now." Uh, That is something like if that ever if that line's ever crossed, then Joel comes into the front office and says, "Look, I'm done with this." Then I think you're going to see things change very quickly. But look, if if you just look at the organization as a whole, I'm sure there are people who are just fed up with this. They see the team and say, look, they they were on a five-game losing streak before the win in Denver. They need reinforcements right now so that they they don't go from – they were leading the East to now their fringe playoff team as the the standings sit right now. We can't – we as the Sixers cannot risk just letting this play out all year and nothing gets resolved. And, you know, even if – like, let's say this goes past the deadline. I don't know that it will, but let's say it does. You're going to go into the playoffs down – a $30 million player essentially because you just refuse to trade that $30 million. Not that it's all about the money could be translated into multiple role players. It could be one high volume guy, someone who can really help you in that format. So I get people that are starting to buckle and and looking at what's happening, but you know, I, at least my read on the situation is still that, you know, they're in the boat together and they're saying, we're going to see this through and wait until an opportunity comes that's going to make us closer to a, a title level team.
0: On that same point in what you just mentioned with Joel Embiid, if he came to the organization and said, Hey, I'm done with this. I only have so much left in me. You've also got the athletic report coming out yesterday, which says that a Sixer source told Sam Amick, who's another great reporter for the athletic, that this is a multi-year thing. Are right. you buying that especially while Joel Embiid is in his prime.
1: Yeah, I I do buy it only from the perspective of like, I just don't think Daryl Morey sees things the way everyone else does. I don't think he feels the pressure the way even another general manager, president of basketball, however you want to phrase it. I don't think he feels that same pressure. I think he's very much like, you saw how he ran the Houston Rockets. It's, I want stars, I want needle movers, and I will move heaven and earth in order to get that sort of player. Now, I think another thing he's banking on is at some point, some of these younger teams that have said, hey, we're not like Sacramento, for example, has said, we're not giving up the Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton, et cetera, et cetera. I think he's banking on teams like that, looking at the standings and looking at where they're at and saying, mm-hmm. look, at some point, it just it doesn't make sense for us to sit here with a losing team that has been losing for years and saying, we won't give up one of our young core guys for Ben Simmons. So I, I think maybe an opportunity like that becomes available sooner than later, but I don't know who the next star is. Who's going to hit the market. Dame Lillard seems like he's digging his heels in the wizards. Bradley Beal doesn't look like he's going to go anywhere. Cause they're off to you know a great start. So it's a big holding pattern right now.
0: <laughs> a big holding pattern. And I would love to keep talking with you about it. Can you stay on for another segment?
1: Uh, I think I can manage, yeah. (laughs) I got
0: a little game for you, a little Would You Rather Ben Simmons trade edition. That is coming up. But first, let me tell you about Bilt Bar. Kyle, did you know that I carry snacks with me Literally in every single bag I have. Back I did first. not know that. Sarah. Now, you know, now, you know, something new about me. I always have a snack with me and I always have a bar with me and I love built bar. Let me tell you built bar. It's covered in real chocolate. Delicious. It is low calorie. It is low carb. It is low fat. It is high in protein. And sometimes, you know, you need a delicious snack after you get your pump on at the gym. And Kyle, I know, you know what I'm talking about there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So most built bars are only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, plenty of protein, and there are new surprises all month long. Different flavors. I don't know about you, sometimes I'm I'm feeling some chocolate, sometimes I'm feeling some coconut. They've got a delicious raspberry flavor right now. There is also nothing like a built bar Black Friday. That is right. You didn't know that you wanted bars on Black Friday, but you do mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event. Just huge with all sorts of surprises. Offer go to built.com use promo code locked15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Kyle, are you hungry now?
1: A little bit. I haven't yeah. eaten breakfast yet today, so maybe I'll uh I'll look for a built bar after uh all this is over
0: you and me both built Bart for breakfast. It is. All right, Kyle. So we were just talking about Ben Simmons trade and, you know, Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal. And are these guys really guys that the Sixers could acquire? So first off, I want to know from you, what is the ideal positions that you want back with how this current team is constructed?
1: So, you know, we bring up Tyrese Maxey earlier. I, I do think he has changed some of the calculus. I don't think that he is – it would be unfair to Tyrese to say you you can be and have to be a point guard on a title-focused team at 21 years old. Like, I, th- I think it would be a big ask to go into the playoffs. Like, if they trade Ben for – a wing, let's say, a big wing type initiator. Like I know Jalen Brown's name came up at some point. That's putting a lot of pressure on Tyrese to, to run this team and do his thing. But I do think now you can at least explore those options. You can say, hey, look, we, we are lacking on defense a little bit right now. We need some size when you're going up against, you know, the the type of six, seven, six, eight athletic guys who can handle that dominate playoff series they need somebody who can defend those sort of guys, but also go out and create mismatches of their own. So uh, I do think they're probably taking a harder look at at bigger wings at this point. But I think ultimately this is about getting a perimeter initiator who can get a shot in crunch time, who can create for others. You know, I think in a lot of cases that's going to end up being a guard. And, you know, Dame Lillard's name came up in the off season for for good reason. Like they, they believe he can be that sort of guy he's been that guy for a long time I think you've seen you know James Harden his name has still continued to pop up even though he was traded to to Brooklyn despite their efforts to get him I I think he fits in that even though he struggled some to start this year I think he he fits that mold too he's a a bigger he's still a guard but a bigger guard who you know you can hand him the ball he's gonna beat guys one-on-one can make threes he can he would honestly have a lot of catch and shoot opportunities that maybe he doesn't get elsewhere by playing with a guy like Joel Embiid. So I don't think they want to put themselves in a box. I think Daryl Morey is approaching the situation as, you know, we want to get the best possible player and we can rearrange the team as necessary. If we get, you know, a true star back for Ben.
0: Sure. Sure. Well, you mentioned James Harden. So that brought me to, An article that I read yesterday, Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer, he reported that league sources have told him that the team is having ongoing discussions with the Detroit Pistons to acquire Jeremy Grant, another forward, a young player, and a draft pick in exchange for Simmons. Pompey also said that one source, said power forward center, Kelly Olenek and second-year swingman Sadiq Bey were mentioned as players who could be included in a possible deal, but a source also said the Pistons are unlikely to include Bay or Olynyk. All right, well, first up, Kyle, to my knowledge, the Sixers are not currently discussing trades with the Pistons, but I do know the Pistons have approached them in the past, um, but it's not something that the Sixers are currently interested in. That's to my knowledge. But I want to know how you feel, and if – let's hypothetically say Jeremy Grant. He plays the same position as Tobias. So how would you feel about adding another player that plays the same position as Tobias?
1: I think to your point, I think you're right on. Like, I just, I think there's too much overlap there. I, I don't know that that's really doing a whole lot for you. I don't think it's solving the potential problems you have in a playoff series where the offense grinds to a halt and you need somebody to go out there and, know organize the troops or you know do some of the things that tobias already does or you give tobias the ball and he'll take a guy down to the mid post and just shoot over him and score like i i don't think you're gaining you're gaining some defensive versatility like i think jeremy has become a much better player since he left philadelphia it feels like a million years ago now that honestly wasn't that long ago (laughs) um but yeah, I, I think that's one of those that there's probably more interest on Detroit's end than, than Philadelphia's. I think there have been a few of those floated this summer, like before the Pacers ended up re-upping Malcolm Brogdon, they were tied yeah. to the, the Sixers for a while. And I, I, I think that was a lot on Indiana's end where they thought, hey, look, if we can swap out maybe somebody like Brogdon for Ben Simmons without giving up too much, I, I think that's a talent bet that we're willing to make. I, I think that's sort of the same thing here where the Sixers would tell you, you know, Hey, if, if Detroit wants to offer Cade Cunningham and a bunch of other stuff, you know, maybe they'll roll the dice. And on we'll that.
0: talk. Sure.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that might, that's probably the thing that maybe we don't discuss enough with the Ben toxic. I, I think Daryl, my read on it is that he would probably be willing to take a risk on going younger. If it meant, he's getting a high upside piece that can either make them better, like better fitting, working better with Joel in the short to medium term, whatever. It doesn't necessarily have to be like that ready-made star. Like if, if they could get Tyrese Halliburton from Sacramento plus picks and, you know, whatever, I think that's something that maybe they think about. Um, And I think there are a bunch of those sort of trades around the league, but, I I think the problem with those is the same thing with Tyrese Maxey here. Nobody wants to give up young guys who are good. That's just not a thing that really happens. And that's why this Ben Simmons situation is so uh, unorthodox compared to how things normally go.
0: Very much so. I asked on Twitter yesterday when this news came out, what percentage of Sixers fans would be okay with a grant trade? What do you think the fans thought, Kyle?
1: Uh, That's a, I honestly, You can convince me any percentage voted yes or no, because I think there are days where they're like, trade this guy for a bag of basketballs. (laughs) And I think there are days where they say, look, he's a multi-time all-star, one-time all-NBA, blah, 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 blah.
0: Well, 45%. And we had... A lot of votes. So they'd be okay with it. So I thought that was interesting. All right, let's get into a quick game of Would You Rather, Ben Simmons, trade edition style. I'm going to give you some names and you tell me which one you'd rather have on the Sixer squad. Ready for it?
1: All right, let's go.
0: Damian Lillard or Jalen Brown?
1: Damian Lillard. Mostly because the entertainment factor with him, I think, would be off the charts. Assuming he returns to being normal Damian Lillard. Normal Dame. Normal Dame time.
0: All right, yeah. Damian Lillard then or Bradley Beal?
1: Still Dame.
0: Okay, James Harden or Kyrie Irving?
1: James Harden for a bunch of reasons, not all of them. What about the entertainment reasons. factor though? Well, see, well, <laughs> listen, I think, I think Kyrie Irving is an insanely gifted basketball player. I also think covering him for my day-to-day job would be an absolute <laughs> nightmare. So I, uh, I, I will rule in favor of James on that front.
0: Would you rather have Damian Lillard, but have to give up Tyrese Maxey, or you can get CJ McCollum, but you don't have to give up Maxey.
1: I would go for Dame Lillard. And I think that's honestly, that's probably how Daryl thinks too. And I, some of that is look if they were to get a Dame type, Tyrese is not going to have as big of a role. And so his impact is for the foreseeable future is going to be limited. He'd be great six man, obviously, but he'd, he's not going to be starting most sure. likely. So that's it's a little less painful to give him up in that sort of scenario.
0: All right. One more. Would you rather trade Ben Simmons for buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, the third and a future first rounder or wait it out until next year and see what happens?
1: I'm waiting it out. I'm waiting with it out. The, uh, I'm with the front office okay. on that one, at least the front office up to this point, who knows if, uh, It's a big game of chicken. I don't know if somebody's going to blink at some point.
0: Kyle Newbeck is waiting it out. By the way, what do you think about the James Harden sign-in trade rumors?
1: It's interesting. You know, I I think actually, um, and he has, I don't know how strong his reporting is anymore, but Stephen A. Smith has mentioned this a few times this year where he's like, I don't know how happy James Harden is with this team. Um The thing I would be worried about with harden or well, there are multiple things uh, i i don 't like how he looks physically right now, he doesn 't seem to have the same burst now. Some of that could just be he had hamstring issues that he dealt with all last year, maybe he 's being a little cautious and it takes a while to get to speed, but you know his off court habits we'll say are rather infamous around the league so i I would be slightly worried about giving him his next contract all things being equal though like if the choice is between James Harden and Ben Simmons who refuses to play for you that's not much of a choice at all so I I think that's if that for whatever reason becomes available to them that certainly sign me up we'll see how the uh the James Harden Joel Embiid free throw parade is for (laughs) that would that would honestly I think opposing fan bases I don't think a lot of opposing fans like Joel as Mm -hmm. it is I think if they had Harden and Embiid on the same team, that would be like the, man, I can't stand this team type of deal every single night from no matter who they're playing.
0: But I feel like that would kind of go with Philly's vibe, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I just no one like...
1: likes us, we don't care. Which, exactly. by the way, is like the most – that's such nonsense. <laughs> that Philadelphia cares more than anybody what other people think about them. When the national media doesn't anoint their good teams, that's – and I say this as – I've been – I've lived in Philadelphia area my whole life. This is, a, I am the same way. People <laughs> criticize me. I'm like, "What kind of a hole are you?" So you know, that's it's a great song, and I love that Jason Kelsey sang it when they won the Super Bowl. But sure. uh, that is not true at all. We if people don't like us, we do care.
0: That is that is definitely true. All right, I have a ton of mailbag questions, but we don't have the time, so we're going to get to one or two. What is Tobias Harris's trade value? And who has a higher value to opposing GMs, Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris?
1: I still think it's Ben, for sure, because okay. uh, I, th- I think you know, Ben's age makes a big difference. I-, I think the fact that people probably view Tobias as a mostly finished product versus Ben, you know, even though we haven't seen the growth that people want out of him over the last five years, I still think there are people that think, Look, we get him in our program in a different environment without a post-up center as the best player on the team. Maybe we can tap into something that he either isn't able or willing to show. In Philadelphia, maybe the environment is just better for him, where, you know, Tobias has been bounced around, and for better or for worse, he's been mostly the same guy his entire career. Um, I think Tobias, really the main problem is the contract. I think if he was on a reasonable you know, let's call it like a a $15 million a year deal. That's a guy that you could swing at the deadline for, you know, any number of players who might help you or might fit better with what you're trying to build. And, and if you were to try to move Ben for, you know, whoever it might be. But I I think in this instance, it's probably a case where you're going to swap him for another guy with an inflated contract, depending on who it is. Maybe you have to give up some sort of, Discretionary assets, picks, young guys, whatever. I, I I think his value is tricky, and I think that's why he's honestly still on the team at this point because sure. they don't want to they don't want to have to sacrifice extra stuff just to move his contract when he is a productive player and he does fit reasonably well with not just Joel Embiid but if Ben Simmons were on the team, he sort of blends into the background with uh, Ben and Joel. So I I think that most likely. He's sticking around unless, you know, there's something that I don't know about that is lined up somewhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We only have time for one more. If Ben Simmons does not get traded by the deadline, what is the best outcome for the Sixers?
1: This year or long-term? This year. I guess the best outcome has been saying, I'll come back and play. No, that's not happening. Oh, it's not going to happen. No way. but if we're talking about best case scenarios, it's been saying, "Look, I'm stuck here. My trade value might not be what I thought it was or the team thought it was, and I need to go out there and you know not just prove to other teams but prove to myself that I'm still the guy that. I think I am. Now, I I think the the possibility that happened, as you point out, is basically zero. Right. But if Ben comes back with a renewed sense of purpose, that's to me, that's pretty obviously. okay. that's best best case scenario.
0: But if he doesn't do that, which I mean, I cannot see that happening. How far can the Sixers go?
1: I I guess it depends on if Tyrese Maxey can shoot 50 percent from three for (laughs) the rest of the year. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I think ultimately they're they're probably around where they've been historically. Right. That's related. what I think too. They're a second round out team. They can beat the, you know, the fringe playoff teams. Uh, obviously all this assumes that Joel Embiid is healthy. Right. He's a guy that he can, he can win them a first round series against the, you know, the bottom feeders of the the conference. Now, honestly, the problem for them might be, are they going to end up being a play-in team? Because then, with the injuries with you know we are going to have to assume that joel misses time at some point this year if he misses time and they end up in that playing battle even if they make the playoffs at that point then you're talking about dealing with whoever ends up emerging at the top of the conference in round one Mm. that's not going to be pretty for them so they gotta hope that they can get it together take advantage of some soft periods in the schedule and you know hope to get into the second round and then Maybe they they pull a reversal last year and they surprise some people like the Atlanta Hawks did.
0: Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, make sure you follow him on Twitter, but make sure you go to the Philly Voice. That's Phillyvoice.com. Read his articles. They are great. And also, if you follow him on Twitter, you can just see great photos of his dog Louie. And that is just as good sometimes as watching Sixers basketball. Kyle, you do great work. Thank you so much for coming on the pod today.
1: Thanks for having me on, Serena.
0: That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Sixers. Gina Mazel, the Philadelphia Inquirer, is joining us from the road on Monday morning. Thanks for making Locked On Sixers your first listen every day. And if you're looking for some gambling insight, check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. We'll see you tomorrow.